On March 11, 2020, the coronavirus was announced to me in a very strong way. When I watched the NCAA cancel the tournaments, the big tournaments that come in March, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Then I saw the same day the NBA canceled their season. And I thought, well, this is really big. Something's happening. Then PGA canceled their golf tours. And one after another canceled the whole season. I just really couldn't believe what I was seeing. My attention was drawn to the coronavirus by that event on March 11th. I usually do not watch newscast, television newscast. Sometimes I will look at the headlines in writing on the Internet. I rarely pull up the story about the event. And some days and some weeks, I don't even look at that. So I'm such a non-newscast person. My focus is on what God would say. And the things that man do, usually, I'm not focused on. But that this year, I did begin to look at newscast. The coronavirus reports were so shocking to me and so extensive and something we'd never seen before. Truly a thing that just we hadn't seen in our lifetime, anything like this. I couldn't believe all the businesses closing. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And that drew me in and caused me to want to see the newscast. So daily I began recording newscast so that I wouldn't have to actually watch the commercials. But I watched the newscast and I began really wanting to see them during that period of March through mid-May 2020. But as I watched, I began to see incredible evils of men. I saw newscasters trying to present stories that would tickle the flesh, controversial things. And the first thing I saw is that they were trying to basically mock the President of the United States. And they were having people invited to be on the newscast to substantiate their opinions of the President of the United States. I'm extremely non-political. I do not vote. I'm not registered with either party. I do sometimes pray for the President, as we are told to do in First Timothy chapter 2, but I do not consider it to be my duty to vote, as most people do in the world, in the United States today. For I am a Christian, and it is my duty to follow God. And as Abraham said, he was a stranger and a pilgrim upon this earth, Hebrews chapter 11. 
I feel the same way about my being on the earth. I also know from the Bible that we are not to judge the world. God will judge the world. We are to judge the church. That may shock some of you, but if you'll read 1 Corinthians 5, you will see that. We are to judge any brother who is committing fornication or covetousness or idolatry or railing or drunkenness or extortion. But we are not to judge the world. And God says it tells us just to put ourselves away from such a brother. And that's what I do. But I'm not to judge the world. Now, when you may think you don't judge the world either, but when you side with one opinion over another, you're judging. And that is exactly what these newscast calls us to do is to take sides they present the information to us and they cause us to jump on one team or the other for example in um, I believe it was May 2020 that a black man was arrested by the Minneapolis Police Department and the picture showed the policeman with his knee on the neck of the black man and the black man was saying this hurts I can't breathe the black man died shortly after that just seems so wrong and then protesters began and then the protesters some of them began looting businesses that didn't have anything to do with this subject and you would see the pictures of them where they caused great fires in neighborhoods in Minneapolis and also where they were breaking into businesses and carrying out merchandise well see both sides are wrong and the news is basically trying to get us to side with one side over the other, it's trying to get us to judge the world, and God says he will judge the world. So knowing the Bible, I knew this was wrong. I knew it was leading me in the wrong direction, and I was fighting not to go in the wrong direction. Another thing I know from the Bible is that as we draw nearer to the return of Jesus, our goal has to be to be found by Jesus in peace, without spot, and blameless. 2 Peter 3.14 I was anything but in peace when I saw the various things that were presented on the newscast. I knew it was leading me the wrong way. Then another thing I saw is... The governors and the different newscast people would say, follow the science. Follow the data in making your decisions. Well, I know scriptures which warn us. As 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 20, Paul said, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane, that's secular, and vain babblings, and oppositions of science falsely so-called. 
And I know we're not supposed to do these things that the world considers wise. And they're saying, follow science, follow the data. Well, I knew also these governors who were saying these things were covering themselves and keeping people from judging them as being wrong by saying, we just follow the science. We just do what the data says. And then later, the science comes along and says, you can't base opening your business on this coronavirus test that we have for half of the time it's wrong. And then they said, take two tests. Uh, you know, this is like, <laughs> they really should say take three tests and two out of three go that way if they're going to follow that. But we're not supposed to do any of these things. We're supposed to follow God. If we follow God, it's been my experience that he will have us in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. When the coronavirus thing broke out, I was already sheltered at home without even ever having heard the word sheltered at home because I was working on podcasts, I was working on blog, I was writing books, which we publish on Amazon. I was so busy, I didn't have time to go out. And nothing interests me more than the Word of God and sharing that Word of God with the church. So I was doing exactly what God showed me to do, and I hadn't been out of my house in weeks and had no desire to go out of my house when they set up the guidelines on the coronavirus. Now, I'm not saying at all that the guidelines are wrong on the sheltering at home. I'm just saying God already had me doing that even before the word, I'd ever heard the word shelter at home from the world. So when we follow God, we are ahead. We are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath, Deuteronomy 28. But by mid-May, I could see that these newscasts were leading me the wrong direction. And also... I could see the newscast people as dead men. When I looked at their face, it was like there was no soul inside these men. There was no life in them. It was as exactly as if they were dead with their eyes open. I had to get free. God always has a way to get us free when we've gotten into a trap. But I also realized by that time, my flesh had gotten trapped because it was being tickled by the newscast. I turned to God for help, asking him to help me. God did two things to get me loose from this trap. First, I became more deeply involved in Bible and in exhortations to the church. And at the time I was focusing on Bible, that period of time ran directly into the time when I had been watching the newscast on television. So the first day when God first started me getting, getting me free from this, I was already halfway into the newscast before I finished doing the exhortations. 
and I hadn't recorded them that day, and I, God also had me do something else. I had a little extra time one day, and I'd gotten through with all the exhortations before the normal time that I watched the television news, and I turned to God and said, what do I do with this extra time? And I heard, oh, just go take a shower and wash your hair. So I did that. Well, then, by the time I finished that, I really had no interest in seeing that newscast. And from that time on, I have been separated from them. There is a way to get free. God knows what that way is. So if you turn to him in the midst of something where it's taking you an opposite way from the way you know you should be going, God can get you free. Here are some scriptures for us to consider for our life. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10. If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Now you may think of sinners as being fornicators or people like that, but these are newscasters. For they are trying to stir up people, and they're stirring up people to hatred, rather than just giving the news. Well, if sinners entice you, if you're enticed by what they're doing, don't go along with them. Turn from them. In verse 15, he says, Walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. A deliberate turning. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. And that's exactly right. They're trying to stir up hatred. They're trying to stir you up to make choices, to make decisions for for one person against the other person. That is not the job of the Christian. God will judge the evil that men are doing. We don't have to judge the world. Matter of fact, we're told not to judge the world. We do have to judge the church if a brother in Christ is doing the evil, 1 Corinthians 5. We have to judge the church, but not the world. Other scriptures to guide us. The Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 2, verse 6. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He, God, is a buckler, which is a shield, to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. We are on this present earth to serve God. And that's what's important for us, to keep our goal clear. I am on this earth to serve God by exhorting you with the wisdom that God gives me so that you can have your eyes open and be 
beware of the traps and getting free from the traps and avoiding the traps. Every time we hear a word from God and think on that word and do that word, we are shielded from the way that would harm us and we are taken in a way that blesses us as we live on this present earth. As we draw nearer to the return of Jesus, again, the Apostle Paul, uh, Peter, excuse me, says that we are to set our goal to live in peace without spot and blameless. If you are troubled, you can't live in peace. And at the time we are troubled, what we are supposed to do is pray about the thing troubling us and let God settle us. Philippians 4, verses uh, 6, 7. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. As we think on those words God gives us and do them, they take us in the ways of God and keep us from the ways of men. And we fight in our hearts at all times the concepts of men which are opposite to the way of God. I am always seeing or hearing men say or do something that's opposite to the way of God when I turn on a television program. And I even sometimes scream at the television and say, that's not right. And I quote the scripture. See, I'm keeping myself in the way of God. But it is a fight to contend for the faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, we read, there, has, there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able you will not have more temptation than you can bear. But will with the temptation, God will make a way to escape. So what we do is seek the way to escape when we are caught in something. First, we see there is no trap that is too strong for us. God does not allow that to happen to us. We are able to get free. Second, God knows what we need to do to free ourselves. Humans of the world stumble about knowing that not knowing what it is that they stumble over. It's like they're walking in darkness and they all of a sudden slip. And they don't know what caused them to slip. We're not like that. We know when we're about to slip, and we even know the cause of the thing that's bringing us down. So we can turn to God and ask for help. John 10.10, Jesus says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come... The word is come 
that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. As we follow the word, we do move into an abundant life. Psalm 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. We just choose not to place ourselves in those paths. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth will prosper. When we walk in the way God has shown us to go, we are like that tree planted by rivers of water. You can't destroy that tree easily. It gets its nourishment constantly from the river of water, and we get our nourishment constantly from that which God has spoken to us. And we hold fast to that, going that way. And we're not going to be pulled down when we build our house on the word from God. Proverbs 1, If sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Walk not in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. The Bible teaches me to seek my wisdom from God who made heaven and earth and knows all things. And God has taught me how to seek wisdom from God and how to recognize the wisdom that comes from above. That is the way we must go. The wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. James 3.17 When I come across something that is very disturbing and steals my peace, I know it's taking me in a way that is opposite from God. Also, the wisdom that is from God is easy to be entreated. When I have a plan from God, it's not extremely difficult or complex. It's simple, easy to do. It doesn't require a lot of money. It doesn't drain me financially. When something drains me financially, I know to stop and pray again for I do not have the way of God in the plan. When the way is of God, it's pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. There is no hypocrisy in it. After I had already decided that my way had to change on watching these newscasts, I told Pam Paget, a member of the Body of Christ, and she said to me the same thing had happened to her that she could tell she was being corrupted 
by seeing those newscasts. And she was reminded of this scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. So both of us were shown the same thing. Keeping ourselves in peace with God. God causes us to have an abundant life. And it is so interesting because it looks one way, but it's actually another way. Here is an example of that. The ministry owned a house in Texas where I had lived for almost 20 years. When I was shown to move to Colorado in 2019, I put the house in Texas up for sale. It did not sell. And one and a half years passed. In March 2020, at the very peak of this coronavirus in the United States, I turned to God in prayer, asking God if there was anything I should do about that house in Texas. And I had the following concept brought to my mind. Put the house on a reduced price special sale for one week. I contacted my realtor immediately and told her what to do. The house sold within two days. But the price of the house at the reduced price didn't seem like enough money. It was a very nice house, and I knew it was very underpriced. And thoughts would come that this just wasn't enough money. The sale, when it, when it closed, when the house closed, and I received the money for the house, and it went into the ministry bank account. And when I repaid myself the money I had loaned the ministry from the money my dad had left me, and I repaid Pam Paget for the expenses she had paid for the ministry during the one and a half years that we were unable to pay through the ministry since we had so little money at that time. And I paid gratuities to three people or four people for the help they had given on the house. I found it was incredible how much money we had. The ministry itself had $190,000 left over. It, it was amazing. In repaying myself the money that I had loaned the ministry, I had, I think, uh, uh, 70 some odd thousand in repayment of money that I had loaned the ministry during the years that had never been repaid to me. But even with the amount of money I was able to repay myself, the ministry still had 190000 left over. So you see, it's exactly the opposite to the way it seemed to be. It seemed we did not get enough money from the sale of the house, but we had more than enough money when we got the small amount that we got for the house. It was shocking.
I, I've lived for two weeks with the concept and still am amazed. And I realize it was like the story of the feeding the people when Jesus fed the people with five loaves, uh, five fish and two loaves. If we look at that story in the Bible, it's in Matthew 14. And when it was evening, Jesus' disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away. There were 5,000 men plus women and children. That they may go into the villages and buy themselves some food. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. You give them to eat. And the disciples said, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. And Jesus said, Bring them hither to me. And Jesus commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes and blessed them and break the loaves and gave the loaves to his disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. They passed this food around between more than 5,000 people. And they did all eat and were filled, and they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. It can seem that we have so little, but end up being so much. Romans 8, chapter, uh, verse 14. They that follow the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Those who hear from God, who pray, who turn to God, who hear from God by His Spirit, who do what God shows them to do. Those are the sons of God. God is going to provide for us as long as he leaves us on this present earth when we follow him. If you're following humans, you may have a totally different story. There is a young man in the Philippines who has lived on church property since he was 18 years old. I think he was about 44 when he contacted me. He had a wife and a son, and they lived on church property. But when he spoke a message to the congregation that I had spoken, which is no man should call himself reverend, and he said they loved to call themselves reverend, and he believed that I was right in the message. But when he spoke that message to his church group, they demanded that he vacate the church property within one week. He had no money, and he had no place to go, and he had a wife and child, and they would have no place to live. I think he even told me they would have to live on a park bench. I told him to do what Paul did, go get a secular job and preach the gospel wherever he was and in his spare time. Apparently he did not do that. He quit communicating with me, and about three years later, he said an earthquake came and destroyed their houses. 
I think it was that church property the earthquake destroyed. I thought, I wonder where he would have been if he had actually done what I told him, and that is get a secular job and support yourself and hold fast to the gospel that you believe to be true. Because the only way he could have stayed on that church property was to give up the part of the word of God that the church disagreed with. You can't follow man and God at the same time when they're going an opposite way. You can't do it. You have to make a choice. Though it looks like you're losing everything by following God, you're actually gaining everything that's worthwhile. All of the scriptures I've spoken today are written for you on our blog. Go to Jesus Ministries Exhortation. On the home page, you will see podcast. Click on this broadcast. All the scriptures are there for you. Once again, the name of the blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.